Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. What happens when you put a career focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. I'm Jill Devine, and welcome to Two Kids and a Career. Another first for this podcast, which we're going to have lots of firsts, but my first chef. Chef Liz Schuster, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about talking to you in regard to nutrition and food because, and among other things, obviously being a mom and stuff like that, but it's always been a thing for me. I love food. I love the concept of it. I always have said I would be a chef if I wasn't in this, but it's the most ridiculous thing. And anybody that knows me knows it's a ridiculous (laughs) statement because I can't cook. But this is why I think my type A personality, I like to bake because I can follow a recipe mm-hmm. and I know exactly what I need to do. My sister is great at just throwing stuff together. She doesn't like to bake because that's not how she is. She can just throw a dish together and I'm not that way. So I get really intimidated. You know what? It, you can take that kind of, I call it a left brain accountant approach yes. to savory food too. Oh, um, my fiance is a pastry chef. Okay, and, and by day he's an accountant, so he's a very <laughs> follow. You yep. know what I mean? He he knows ratios too, so he he knows how much gluten structure he needs, how much sugar, oh. how much lift. It's all numbers and science and chemistry. He is very good at cooking, also. But he looks at things like, I need this much acid to get this to pop. I need this much. So he still is following kind of a, you know, a plan where I'm kind of like, I don't know what I just did. I think I'm just a lost cause. I'm trying. I I really, I don't believe you're a lost cause because, (laughs) you know, what? I think it's the people who don't realize that they're bad cooks are really the bad cooks. But I don't like to do... I mean, I know the importance of nutrition. It's not like I'm throwing just fast food all the time sure. on the on the kitchen table. But anyway, we're going to talk about that. We first met when I had the opportunity to come to Tenacious Eats, which we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but I want to get your background because you are doing exactly or you did exactly what a lot of us are, are facing and still facing. But you're a chef. It's your passion. You worked in the restaurant business. And for those, and I worked in the restaurant business as a server. It's crazy hours. It is. And you had kids and a family. So that's why you got out of that. And let's go there. Let's talk about that and how it all started. Well, I could blame my family. Back to, <laughs> I gotta blame the family. Um, I was raised by a family that owned a German bakery in South St. Louis. So... It was not only business, but it was also about when we mourned, it was food Mm -hmm. and pastries, a lot of pastries. When we were happy, it was food. 
when we were, you know, um, dealing with a difficult situation? Well, you figure it out over pastry and coffee. It And I think that's always been like for um, German families who maybe aren't so good at vocalizing how they're feeling or really getting down to the core. It, it was a great way to express our affection for each other and how much we love each other. It's on the plate. Um, so it started there. And then uh, my first job really outside of the family cooking stuff and baking was a place called Mama's Restaurante. And I used to get yelled at by a Sicilian chef who hated me because I was a girl. Oh. Girls weren't supposed to be in a professional kitchen. Residential kitchen, fine. Yeah. <laughs> You'd put on the apron, mm. take your shoes off. No. Right. Um, but so, but I loved the chaos and the energy. And I prefer to work with a lot of guys because guys are kind of like very upfront and blunt. You know, mm-hmm. you can yell at each other, get mad, and then it's done kind of thing. So I always enjoyed that crazy controlled chaos, the sweat and the heat. And it just it feels like a roller coaster. Um, I went to film school in Chicago at Columbia um, and <laughs> I majored in film direction and I'm in love with movies. I've always been a movieaholic, thanks to my dad. Um, so I didn't quite know what to do with that. Um, long story short, I had cooked at Racket Club Ledoux. I was the chef de tournand, um, only female on the hot side, I might add. And then I went to the Chase Park Plaza Hotel, and I was the banquet chef. And then I was the executive chef at the Scottish Arms. Um, and I left the arms to start Tenacious Eats. It's been seven years now. So but why did you leave? Well, the because arms? I'm obsessed with film. And I made my sous chef, uh, I do this to people, it's almost like Clockwork Orange, where I want to hold my friend's eyes, you know, the eyelids back and strap them to a recliner and say, you have to watch these movies Mm -hmm. to to be my friend. Um, So I made my sous chef watch this great film called Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. And it's a Chinese story about a father with three daughters, really, that's the heart of it. And he's a chef, and he shows his love and affection through these unbelievably ornate, very delicate dishes that he makes for them. And I think they all kind of take his cooking for granted. Um, You can't even make it through the credits without wanting to eat, especially Chinese food. So we paused the film. We ran out and we got kind of, yeah, yeah, so, so Chinese. (laughs) And we're eating, we're watching the film. and It didn't satiate that hunger because we wanted to eat what he was making. So, I went to Allie, who's the owner of the Scottish Arms. I'm like, okay, Allie, I have this crazy idea. Can I, you know, show a film in the dining room? And I'm going to write this menu for the movie. And I didn't even know how many courses it would be or how to do it. And um, I did a film called Short Order. And there's one point in the film where we flare up our our pans the same time as the main character. And um, everyone who was there kind of, there was this, weird kind of like oh in the room and I thought what is this this is not what I've experienced in the in the past and to be able to pair two different artistic um, media that I love so much film and cooking um, it was a very selfish endeavor and I, I told Allie I said this is something I have to explore 
he wasn't happy <laughs> with me, but I, you know, I, I did. I, I took the leap and started running my, my own business. And we started in the Grove, uh, what is now the Monocle. It was this great place called Myers Grove. And um, we were lucky if maybe like five people showed up to a show. We were always like, come to the back room. We're doing this cool thing. Um, but then after a couple of years, we were selling out shows, having to do multiple shows. Um, it's grown at, at such an unbelievable amount that I can't even wrap my head around. It's like a kid. This is this is my other child. It's tenacious eats. And I will tell you my experience, because I think somebody is thinking, I don't understand. And it is one of those until you experience it, you may not understand. You kind of have an idea. But mine was my favorite movie of all time is The Breakfast Club. Aww. And so I got to do The Breakfast Club. And so you paired up. A meal with each character, I believe. Uh-huh. And, and it then, was a brunch. Yes. And then there were drinks involved, too, which made it even more fantastic. <laughs> so I'm getting to watch my favorite movie and eat some amazing food that I clearly can't make. And it's just it is an experience. And it when you said that the people were like, oh, that's how I felt. I felt like, oh, wow, this is Great. And it just it did. It brought these two really great loves together. And it is something that everyone should experience. Thank you. I I just want to live the movies. I want to and I want my guests to feel that way that you're immersed in the characters and what's going on. Yes. So sometimes there isn't food like uh, for Breakfast Club. I based all five courses on what they had brought for lunch. Yes. Like the jock. Molly Ringwald's character with her pretty little sushi. Yep. Uh, the crazy girl, Ally Sheedy. With- She's my favorite. <laughs> who, do you, who do you identify with? Um, I, Are you Molly? I don't. Maybe a little. <laughs> maybe a little. Maybe but a little. But I really do like Ally, too. I mean, yes. I like the both of them. <laughs> I mean, we didn't shake dandruff or no, anything. Not no, not that. But, no. But I made a, a Monte Cristo. Yes, with the Captain Crunch. With the Captain Crunch. And also, it was um, the Pixie Sticks. Yes. If you if you wanted to, you could pour it mm-hmm. over the top of your Monte Cristo. It was actually really good. It, it was, was yeah. so unique and different. And again, an experience. It was great. <laughs> Great. I mean, yes, I'm still talking about it. I mean, I was trying to think of how many years ago that one was. A number of years. Probably maybe three or four. Yeah. Maybe. But I'm it, trying to think. It was so awesome and so fun. And yeah, I, I'm i so happy this has flourished for you because it yeah. is unique. Well, and we, we try not only, it's not just about the food and the cocktails. I know why people come out at night. They come out to, you know, to not just at night, but to dine. They go out because of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. They want um, an experience. So, for instance, like when we did the film Hocus Pocus, uh, we hired clairvoyance, tarot card readers, awesome. and palm readers. And each one of our guests got five minutes with whichever one they picked. Um, we had dancers from Stages St. Louis that were the three sisters, during that scene well, where they're, you know, Bette Midler is doing the whole dance routine. So um, Beetlejuice, we had the St. Louis Flash Mob show up for the, the Deo song yep. when they're dancing around with their napkins and, you know, the tiger prawns grab their face. You should have seen our guest face when they're sitting there. The scene's about to start. They know what's going to happen. Right. And I think a lot of them thought, oh, man, chef's going to make us get up and dance. 
kind of, not really, all of a sudden, like 60 plus people filed in around them. And it's kind of tight anyway. You, you know, you've right. been to an event, we're squeezed yep. in there. And these people show up and they start doing this dance like out of nowhere. And it's kind of dark. It freaked my audience out. But then they were <laughs> laughing and clapping and they were getting up and doing the dance, too. It was those moments are why I do what I do. And it just yeah. gets all the senses going, too. Yeah. So we could talk forever about Tenacious Eats, but let's get to the gritty, too. I mean, and, and I want to talk about <laughs> Tenacious Eats, too, but you're a mom mm-hmm. and you are also figuring out the balance of being an owner of a business and motherhood. There's so much to talk to you about that. There's off of the microphones before we started this episode, we talked a little bit about the importance of nutrition in our kids, but more importantly, how and even what you said at the beginning of this food brings you together Mm -hmm. and the rule in our house. And I know I have very little ones that don't get it, but we got to start now. The phones go off most of the time. The TV's off. And we just try to be with one another and we try to ask questions. And again, the babies are little. They don't 100 percent get it. (laughs) But that's what we try to do. It's important to me that we all sit down and we have dinner and it's our time to just get caught up and hope that they talk. Well, like I said, uh, you and I were talking about that. I do the same thing at home. Technology off, Mm -hmm. not at the table, even for me, because if I were to bring my phone to the table, yeah, then they're not going to listen. Yeah. So it it was a lot, too, because I'm always concerned about who's going to message me or I'm waiting to find out about a business owner. So I'm I'm working every hour, you know, all week long. So I think more than getting my kids to do it, it was about getting me to do it, like being. You know, they say when you take a dog in for training, it's not about training the dog, it's training the owner. Yeah. So I I think that that's how it goes as a parent, too. It's like I had to make myself break off from technology in order to give my full attention to them. But we don't even, before we even sit down to eat, if we're cooking at home, I have my kids help me prep. And my kids are... I, you know, people are like, that's so weird. But my kids love Brussels sprouts. In fact, my I have a 12-year-old, Josephine. In fact, very soon she'll be 13. I know. I'm uh, just going to cry saying uh. it. <laughs> and then I have a 22-year-old, Benjamin. And then um, my fiancé has three boys. They're they're all out of the nest. They We have one in Detroit. We have one in North Carolina and one in southern Missouri. So... We have a we're the Brady Bunch, except just a weird chef (laughs) version of it. Um, And we have three dogs instead of the one dog. Um, But what we do is, you know, all of our kids have actually worked for us for our business. So they're used to doing this professionally also. And they're used to serving. Serving, I think, makes children more empathetic when they've had to wait tables. I always say, even though you don't want to have anything to do with this industry, you should wait tables at some point. Everyone in your life. should. Yeah. To understand. Not, not, I mean, even if you could develop sympathy for others. Yes. But I think empathy is such an important tool. Yeah. Um, but when the kids help me in the kitchen, they're tasting the entire time. They are helping me cut. I, I trust kids more with knives than I do adults because. You shouldn't ever trust me. <laughs> well, <laughs> 
I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> with a butter knife. With a, no. <laughs> you could do more damage, I think, with a butter knife than a sharp knife. Um, but yeah, I, my kids will sit there and they'll nibble while we're prepping. So I don't think that I'm. my kids have some special palate or that chef kids are more mature with food. I think it's just that they get more hands-on experience with touching the food, handling the food, cooking the food, and then tasting while you're cooking. That's such an important part of, of, I think, that bonding experience for us. Well, and I've noticed with our oldest, who is three, she likes to be a part of cooking. And it's actually something that her school, they talk about, they say involve them, mm-hmm. get them hands on because when they're hands on and they have chores at this age or responsibilities or tasks, they're involved. And she always wants to cook. And I know sometimes it's like, ah, but we try to involve her. And just the other day, I make a mean guacamole, Liz. I involved her with that. And you know what? Guacamole is one of those things. It's green. It's got a weird <laughs> texture. Not a lot of people love it. But she tried it, and I praised her for it because she is at that age where it's like, we're SpaghettiOs and peanut butter and jelly. So we are definitely seeing the more we involve her in that, the more she's willing to kind of participate and try. Sure. And even just touching things. Yes. You know, if something looks bizarre, but you let your kids play in it a little bit, Mm -hmm. play with their food, um, I'm going to admit something. Okay. This is... This is one of, I think this is important for moms to share the some things that maybe we're not very proud of, especially considering what I do for a living. My son, Benjamin, had this thing when he was a toddler, about two and three, I noticed it. He didn't like things sticky or slimy on his fingers, like I was trying to get him to finger pain mm-hmm. or things of that nature. And uh, my mom, who's a retired school teacher, said, well, let him play in his food a little bit. You know, give him things to touch, rub it on his fingers, let him lick his fingers. Well, I took that advice and went, (laughs) I'm so embarrassed to even admit this. I'm sorry, Benjamin, if you're listening. So I I couldn't get He didn't want anything on his hands. He was constantly, you know, like rubbing it off. He wouldn't really touch, you know, anything that was like slick or like guacamole or anything like that. Oh, no way. He didn't want to touch it. Um, I I did make uh, from scratch. I made chocolate pudding and we had a shower uh, with the sliding glass door. Uh-huh. And I gave Benjamin a whole tub of this chocolate pudding and let him finger paint all over the inside of the shower stall. Oh, hell. <laughs> and yes, I know. It's a momentary lapse of reason. But I does don't he know like it? I... Now he can... He loved it. He had it in his nose and his hair. He was licking his fingers. The things we do for our kids. The things we do for our kids. He made lovely pictures on the walls of the stall. It did take me a while to kind of hose everything down. And for a while it smelled like weird, like old chocolate... <laughs> pudding and old milk smell. It was weird. I even used Clorox. It wouldn't come out. But I feel like letting him experiment, even though it was one of my crazy mom moments. I don't think so. You know, I, I felt like, you know, if somebody saw this now, it'd be like a weird YouTube video where the kids have stuff all over. Yeah. I'm like, who did this? <laughs> my mom. Um, but I think playing with food is just as important as the rest of the process, like, you know, letting, letting, you know, hand, hand them a Brussels sprout, hand them green beans, let them try and break them, you know, 
rub them around on the on their on the table. You know, I, that ta- tactile experience I think is really really important for That's them. A great idea. Yeah, let them play with it. I mean, I know food is expensive, and you know you don't want to go here, kid. Dump everything we're going to eat on the floor. Right. But I mean, just you know, like um, I, I give them a few peas, a few this, you know, on a plate, and just. Let them play or you do something silly, like put your finger in the guacamole and draw a smiley face on the plate and then say you do it, you know, and and then pretty soon that finger is going to go in the mouth. Right. And they're going to go, wow, that tastes good. Yeah. I mean, I think we forget that tactile experience is just as important as, you know, tasting. So here's a question that I think probably most moms might think for the chefs. You do gourmet meals every night in your oh, house? Heck no, no way, sister. Really? Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> sometimes um, my favorite words are, you know, pizza delivery. Um, just because I'm exhausted, you know, I don't even think it has to just be a chef thing. You know, you're tired. You don't want to move you know you're like uh, i can't even get my shoes off i'm exhausted and then you know the routine with the kids and the homework and the stuff and then you add work to it so you're just like us yeah i'm just like i sometimes i get down and dirty and i'm like we're gonna we're gonna jar some you know strawberry preserves and we're gonna make this from scratch and um, I do, you know, I'll make a beautiful brisket or, but that's because but, that's you, that's, that's yeah. your livelihood. Yeah. And my, you know, my kids don't even think it's anything special. I, you know, I think when we have friends over or their friends are like, wow, this is really awesome. Your mom made chicken korma. I haven't <laughs> had chicken korma unless it was in a restaurant. And my kids are like, whatever. She didn't add enough yogurt this time. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, but I think. I think we're all way too hard on ourselves, just moms, period. I know dads get guilted, too. Um, but I don't watch Food Network and cooking channels and things of that nature because I think it would get to me, too, and make me feel like I'm underachieving. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, you can make this ahead of time. I can do this. And I'm like, you know what? The most important thing is to have a meal with your family. If everybody can be around a table at one point, because now that my kids are older, they have their own schedules. Mm-hmm. So if we can all be together, I think, I mean, it's, I lo- of course I love cooking and cooking with my kids. But if we can't do that, we're all tired. We've got projects to work on. Oh, science fair, that kind of stuff. Ordering a pizza. As long as we sit down to the table and just make sure we're we're talking together and, and eating that pizza together. Yeah, the yeah. quality time. I think one of the big mistakes, and we've gotten into this rut too. Before we'll drag the whatever meal it is, even if I worked really hard to make mm-hmm. something from scratch, we'll eat it in front of the television. I think that's a big. I I know I've done that so many times. We. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because, and and I'm not full of the best advice, but if I can give some, we have made that a special thing. Mm-hmm. So just the other day, and we've only done it a few times, we have a tarp that we use for Play-Doh. Not a huge tarp, you know, like a painter's, whatever. And so we'll put that underneath for the Play-Doh so that we can just pick it up, move it over. You don't like it rubbed in your carpet? Oh, <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. Um, and so one time 
my husband said, hey, why don't we have a movie night in the family room and we'll put the tarp down and and she has a little table and we sit on the floor and it was fun and it was different. And so the other night I said, hey, why don't we have our our dinner if if cooperation happens and we do all the stuff that we need to do? Let's have a movie night in the family room. And you could see cooperation did happen. It was something different. And it's something that we do to create memories. It's just a fun thing. And the kids aren't being planted in front of the television. You're doing it together. Yeah. We're watching a movie that we all choose and we just it's different. And you know what? Maybe it's going to create a memory that they'll love and think of when they're older and <laughs> and they'll pass whip, on to their kids. They'll I don't whip know. out a tarp and throw it on the living room floor and they're going to go, why are you doing this? I don't know. <laughs> It'll be involuntary. They'll just whip out a tarp and they're 16 and I'm like, get the tarp out. We're having, <laughs> we're having movie dinner in the family room. I don't care if you don't like it. Uh, yeah. Oh. They're, yeah. And they bring a date over and they're like, why are we eating on a tarp? Because you're messy. (laughs) What happens when your family eats? What happens? I got to see this. There's a tarp involved. Um, Yeah. You know, it's like we go to the drive-in quite often. The drive-in is one of my favorite ways to see films. And we have this whole routine. It's very important what we pack in the picnic basket. And my kids are, I mean, that's their thing. Like they, mom, I want to make this and we're going to have this and we'll make basil mayo mayo blts and they're i mean they're yeah and then we always get the coke bottles the mexican cokes in the glass and we buy you know movie candy at walgreens you know and but bringing pillows and blankets and you know that's kind of our our tarp version you know but uh we I, i think it's making things special and it's it Man, it, life is too crazy to not take advantage of those moments. And I think as parents, especially moms, we got to stop guilting ourselves. And, you know, if we're eating on a tarp, if we're eating in the, you know, on the grass, wherever, on the floor, you know, as long as we're giving our, our kids our time, you know, and I, I think I think it's, you know, training, training the owner, right, kind of yeah. mentality, like, I have to remind myself, Stop what you're doing. Get on the floor. You know, we're going to do toenails now. That's that's a big thing for 12-year-old girls is painting of the toenails. Um, it's also three-year-old girls. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, my back hurts. I don't know if I can reach mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I just feel like there's so much pressure now with things like Pinterest and Facebook and social media yeah. with these quick. D, you know, DIY, you know, do it yourself. I'm like, for the longest time, I'm like, what is DIY? I don't get it. Do it yourself. I'm like, don't you do everything yourself? <laughs> I'm like, I don't right. get I don't understand it. Um, but I, I just feel like uh, it's so easy to get sucked down that vortex of guilt. Yeah. And it's cyclical. Yeah. Because I think once you start feeling bad about, you know, things that you haven't done as a parent, like you didn't throw the best birthday party or you know, things didn't go perfectly. And then you look at super mom and her like crazy themed event. You're like, I can't compete with that. I have a job. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying. And I think the key is not to try and compete with that and try to kind of put blinders on with Pinterest and, and all that fun stuff. It's cool to look at, 
don't get me wrong, but even as a chef, I don't, I try not to look at that stuff because I don't want to be sucked down that hole. All right. Chef Liz, if anybody wants to learn more about you and Tenacious Eats, where should they go? They should go to TenaciousEats.com or they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not Pinterest. Um, And uh, uh, all of our tickets are available at BrownPaperTickets.com. And on those social media sites, they're just going to see you. They're not going to see DIY, DYI, whatever you call it. I'm it's gonna, you. I'm buying a tarp today, though. That's all I'm going to do. I wonder, I'm totally yeah. stealing that idea. I totally gave the chef an idea. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.